if a constitutional convention was held, yeah. Congress would probably set some rules and procedures. But once all those states were together mm-hmm. in the same room, how good are the procedures that Congress set? Like, everything is on the table. If Everything's on the table. If you're on a, con- a constitutional convention, everything from freedom of the press yep. to freedom of religion to everything that you think is part of the fabric of America is open and on the table for debate. Welcome to Harry and the Kipper, a podcast covering current events. We're both attorneys, so we're going to cover some of the relevant legal issues that are affecting our politics, which I think will be particularly useful during this administration's reign. And we're affiliated with my organization called The Resurgent Left. We are focused on a 50-state strategy nowadays. We made a bit of a pivot, and we're looking at red, blue, and purple states at all levels of government, and we're looking to eliminate all safe seats for Republicans We're also simultaneously looking to flip state legislatures blue, so check us out at theresurgentleft.org. But I say affiliated because this podcast reflects our personal views, not any positions of the organization. Politics moves so quickly nowadays that it's difficult to even write a podcast and be up to date by the time we publish, so please forgive us if there's some updates by the time you hear this. And with that said, let's jump into today's topic, Article 5 of the Constitution. This is Harry's favorite article is that right <laughs> that's right it's it's my favorite article in, in the uh 1789 no one else knows anything about this article but it seems it's your favorite it's my favorite and let me tell you why it's my favorite yeah article five of the united states constitution is the article that lays out the process for amending the constitution uh the founding fathers had the foresight to know that their work wasn't perfect and that they had to create a process to allow the government to change a process that has been used precisely 27 times mm. in our history. Yeah. There are 27 amendments to the Constitution. And how do you amend the Constitution? Again, this is all laid out in Article 5, and there are basically two ways. The first way, which has been used every time except once, oh, okay. uh, is that Congress proposes an amendment by a two-thirds vote of both houses. And then that amendment needs to be ratified by three-fourths of the states. The president doesn't get to do anything about it. The president has no role in the amendment process. Mm-hmm. So uh, Congress, again, two-thirds vote to propose, three-fourths votes of the states to ratify. And three-fourths of the states would be 38 out of 50. Both the Senate and the Assembly in each state have to agree to this ratification in 38 of these 50 states. Correct, right. And so that's that's the way it's, amendments typically have been uh, added to the Constitution. A different way of amending the Constitution, also laid out in Article 5, is a purely convention-based process. A purely state-based process, too, right? Yeah, well, no, no federal government involvement in this one? Congress does have a role. Okay. Two-thirds of the states, the state legislatures, can call for a constitutional convention. That's 34 out of 50. And... Um, if upon the application of 34 states, they send a petition to Congress calling for a convention, Congress then calls the convention. They are required by the Constitution to call the conventions of the states. Congress calls the convention. Nobody knows what it would look like. Congress would sort of set the rules and procedures. Of course, would those rules and procedures be followed? Would they not? Nobody knows. It's never happened And whose interests do they represent when they create these rules and procedures? Nobody knows, All right? right? Mm-hmm. So... 
the convention the convention would happen. The states would all send delegates. It would look maybe a little bit like the constitutional convention that took place in 1787 that gave us our current constitution. They would propose amendments or maybe a whole new constitution and then would send those amendments to the states to ratification. Three-fourths of the states, 38, would need to ratify the amendments that were proposed through the convention process. So those are the two major ways amendments can be added to the Constitution. The normal way, which is where Congress proposes and the states ratify, or the convention-based way, which is where the states call for a convention, Congress calls it, the states together, acting at a convention, propose amendments, and then three-fourths of the states ratify those amendments. And that latter way, the only way the federal government's involved is they host they host the party. Yeah, basically. All yeah. right. They host the, that's a good way of putting it. I mean, it. they'd find ways to influence it obviously, but they they host the party. Okay. All right. So, so that's the amendment process. What's so cool about this though? Well, what's interesting is that uh, there has been a uh, somewhat of a movement from conservatives to call for a constitutional convention to add things like a balanced budget amendment and other sort of conservative ideas. And I think they've been pretty successful so far. I think it's uh, – I forget exactly the number of states that have – 28. 28 states have called for a convention. And remember, it takes 34 to actually have the convention happen. And here's the thing though. They all – the 34 have to call for the same reason for the convention. They can't just call for a convention as far as I've read. And we dove deep into uh, – some weird websites from people who are really into this yeah. to learn a lot about sort of the process. But but also reputable sites. And New York Times had an article recently about it, too. And 28 states have adopted resolutions of various kinds calling for a convention. Yeah, well, you know, the Constitution doesn't say anything about this. It doesn't right. say that the, the call has to be for the same mm, reason. Right. I think maybe it says that by statute. Maybe not. I mean, this this process is so unique yeah. and untested that nobody knows what it would look like. But it's gaining support. Yes. And that's what we want to cover today because even the alleged moderate John Kasich said he's into it. Jeb Bush. Low energy Jeb. Low energy Jeb <laughs> said even a low energy guy like him would support this, which is a scary thought. Um, and Greg Abbott, the governor of Texas, has really taken this on. So he's put forth nine constitutional amendments that he's into that he wants to see uh, ratified through this process. And a lot of them are sort of on board with this balanced federal budget idea. That's one that's seeming to gain traction and be consistent. So if it is true that they need to be consistent with their reason for calling the convention, that sounds like the one that would do it. And that's a very scary concept, having a ba required balanced federal budget as an amendment part of the Constitution. Yeah. The reason is most economists agree that uh, when recessions hit and tax revenue decreases that you need to do some spending in order to recover from a recession. That wasn't even really debated in the wake of 2008. Yeah. And that would not be allowed. So as the budget constricted as a result of a recession, they wouldn't be allowed to spend their way out of it. And you see the results of that in some pretty extreme Republican experiments like in Kansas and Louisiana, where they continue to cut taxes, spend less money, and they say this is going to drive up business, it's going to bring in people, growth is going to happen, we're going to have a great economy. And both those governments have been catastrophic in the last few years. I mean, that's just one possible amendment. If a constitutional convention was held, yeah. Congress would probably set some rules and procedures. But once all those states were together mm -hmm. in the same room, and 
creating new amendments to the Constitution, how good are the procedures that Congress set? Like, everything is on the table. Everything's on the table. If you're on a a constitutional convention, everything from freedom of the press to freedom of religion to everything that you think is part of the fabric of America is open and on the table for debate. You can write anything, and now it's enshrined into the Constitution. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> and that's why a convention is so an article 5 convention is so scary yeah. because the last time there was a convention was in 1787 and you know what that convention was supposed to be that convention was supposed to be about proposing amendments to the articles of confederation whoops which was the <laughs> predecessor to our constitution and you know it wasn't really working there was no executive so they said let's ha- let's just have a convention and the states propose some amendments those states get together, they propose a whole new constitution. Right. And what's scarier than that, the Articles of Confederation said the ratification process to ratify amendments to the Articles of Confederation required unanimous consent of every state that's a party to the Articles of the Confederation. But when they got together in that convention and they drafted their new constitution, they said, you know, <laughs> we're not going to do that ratification process. We're going to say if nine of 13 colonies, or 9 of 13 states ratify this, that's good enough. Right. So what's to stop a runaway convention this time from saying, we're proposing all these crazy amendments, we're proposing a whole new constitution, and to ratify it, you just need like a majority of the states. And actually, Scalia was asked about this kind of convention and responded, I certainly would not want a constitutional convention. Who knows what would come of it? It could be anything. It could be anything. And okay, so just to You guys are familiar with the way legislation typically works and how politicians decide what to legislate on. There's associations and groups out there that are very powerful that write a lot of the legislation that are very involved in lobbying and pushing politicians to push certain legislation. And one of those groups is ALEC, the American Legislative Exchange Council, which is an amalgam of dark money donors and Republican big money people to help support legislation that's very corporate friendly. They write a lot of legislation, and there are basically rubber-stamping politicians out there that don't don't even read the legislation and support it when they write it. Koch brothers, obviously, you've heard of these people before, but who, who's to stop them from sitting at the table during this runaway convention and just rewriting the Bill of Rights? Getting rid of the Bill of Rights. Getting rid of the Bill of Getting Rights. Getting rid of Congress. Yeah. Like, every, when I say everything's on the table, everything's on the table. The yeah. They could outlaw convention. unions. Just no more unions. They're not allowed. No more courts. No more courts. Oh, no, seriously. Yeah, yeah, everything no is on the table yeah. if you amend the Constitution in a convention. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you think the courts will protect you and will, will prohibit discrimination on the basis of religion. These things that we talk about and we, we talk about the law and, and the we nuances, take for granted. We take it for granted. Totally. It's all on the table. The reason why we want to hammer home how close we are to this situation, there are in uh, 33 states where Republicans have unified control of the state legislature. 33. I, 33, just want, yeah. I was ratifying yeah. your point there. 33. 33. And remember how many it takes to call a convention? 34. 34. They need one more. And I just want to like emphasize just how bleak this is and why you should look at the resurgent left to help fix the situation is – If you think that we're protected by blue states, Washington has a state Senate that's red right now. Delaware had a state Senate that was red until very recently. New York. The states that you assume to be blue actually have strong Republican influence. And so don't assume that there's really any states that are safe from being turned red. And currently we're at 33 of 50 controlling both houses. 
both houses. Of a state legislature. A state legislature. Right. So we're close to the precipice. And actually, Republicans have been purposefully quiet about this because they smell blood in the water. Honestly, they do. And if you read about it more and you read about Governor Abbott when he goes to to raise money from donors, there's leaks of him talking a lot about it. But he talks less about it to the public, presumably because he doesn't want to really alert us all about the fact that they're this close to it. He's hiding his cards. And then as soon as they win one more state legislature, it could be on. Those would be very scary times in the United States. So what you can do about it is get involved in state races. Look to Virginia this fall, by the way. Their state assembly has races going on. Um, We'll be supporting some candidates there at the resurgent left. New Jersey as well this year. And next year is a big, big year because coming soon is redistricting in every state, which means Democrats have to win a lot of races in 2018 in order to prevent gerrymandering which you can learn more about at the resurgent left as well. But we want to point out that as far as you're very concerned about the federal government, about Donald Trump, if you're listening to this, you probably aren't very happy about what's going on. At the state level and at the local level, it's worse. In terms of Republican control, in terms of their control over the narratives in these states and their control over the politics of states, they are winning they're much more dominant at that level than even the federal level. They're winning bigly. They're, it's, I almost said the word bigly, and I was like, <laughs> I can't, I can't interrupt myself with saying bigly when I'm talking about something this serious. So pay close attention because they're very close to this Article Five convention, and if they could all rally behind something like balance the federal budget, this, or or eliminate unions, eliminate unions, um, ban term, abortion, yeah, pro life stuff for sure. Yeah. Um, Also, term limits on Congress is one they really like. And the lobbyists love it because uh, as soon as uh, Congress members only get to stay in Congress for a few years, they don't get to gain the expertise. They they don't feel nearly as secure because they don't have seniority and a good understanding or grasp of what they're doing, which means lobbyists have even stronger control over what's going on in Congress. So term limits is something that Republicans are a fan of. Alec loves. Koch brothers are into. Okay. What do we? What do, do we? Do you have a final here? thought? Wrap you it up. Yeah, you always got the final thought. Um, I think Article Five is it, it exemplifies both the beauty and the danger of our Constitution. So it's beautiful in that it's written to allow the Constitution to be adaptable to the life that we want and the world that we want to live in. Simultaneously, it's scary because it allows potentially for populism to override the courts. And the courts are supposed to be our counter-majoritarian check, which means when some sort of populist trend rises, the courts are there to prevent the harm that's done by waves of populism. Well, Article 5 allows for an override when the courts try to step in to save the day if something like that were to occur. So Article 5, it's a gift and a curse in the Constitution. And right now, it's, it's coming close to potentially being a curse that could be very destructive. So pay attention and get involved in your state legislature races around the United States.
All right, well, thank you guys for listening, and please check out our website at theresurgentleft.org and get involved today. And also, please follow us on Twitter because our Twitter game is super weak right now, and it's at resurgent underscore left. Special thank you to our producer, Vika Aronson. I'm Kip Muller. And I'm Harry Connor. And remember to stay angry and stay inspired. 